If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so in an already slightly manic state, Alex and I now, and I really hope you provide live evidence of why we're talking about this, it would be just like your internal organs, actually, to, to stop not playing even ball do. now. Yeah, yeah. But we've had a great chat. To start chat. playing ball by stop stopping playing ball. We've asked the question, which is, the answer is a Google away, but this is definitely one of those, uh, is it more fun to live in ignorance a bit longer? Does your stomach gurgle <laughs> more or less? Is it when you're, I think it's when you're, hung- you know what? I think it's about, I think it's acid in your stomach and it's about feeding the beast. And if you've not fed the beast recently, the beast starts gurgling angrily. I think if you eat loads of food, then obviously you might burp. The beast or you say, might ah, get, yeah, too you get, much. You get the, rumble, the rumbles of um, it being about to shit yourself. But I don't think those are as specific and sort of relentless as the I cries for help. I think the mic has picked uh, yeah. it up. You've, you've got a thing. You've not. I'll tell you what, it's Alex. So weird, it's so weird to have to tell our editor. Could you... <laughs> <laughs> could you make sure <laughs> Quite a burpy top from Alex this week Well, welcome you, to episode 6 the burps the top For the explanation of how gurgles and burps This is a cold open <laughs> This is we're, we're coming in hot, baby Well, I've observed we've been back on tour together Alex and I um, A lovely dynamic Which we've enjoyed for years now But absolutely uh, tedious Micro difference I do like <laughs> between us in our, in our vast ocean of similarities I mainly because I just like eating and um, do want to broadly have something at about 6, 6.30 even 7 o'clock before an 8 o'clock start whereas I've observed that we'll usually meet up in the late afternoon and you won't have anything until after the show but often things conspire that then you can't eat after the show either so for example when I sat here at a very late hour of the night and you uh, I just haven't eaten for so long. I haven't eaten for so long and I've started gurgling. Mm. And I think we've observed something that my fiance has had to deal with where basically <laughs> whatever I say, I think, you know, we recorded an episode <laughs> of our Patreon that we're very proud of about the 1991 Hugh Grant led film. Uh, I've just gurgled again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> impromptu. And, um, and my point is that I genuinely think I said a few moderately to strongly interesting things during that recording, but there is something utterly humiliating and status destroying about someone gurgling when they say anything. And it's something that I think I've become paranoid about and I think my fiance is very aware of. So occasionally when I'm trying to say something important, but I'm I'm in a gurgly fact because I just sometimes get gurgly that I'm gurgling through it and my fiance has to I could see her fucking I could see her lips quiver in wanting to hit a smile but not wanting to like look as if she doesn't take what I'm saying seriously because she takes what I'm saying seriously 
But she doesn't take who's saying it seriously because he's gurgling. Why should she's right to want to mock yeah, me? Of but course. I can see her with love and respect trying to suppress the obvious shitting yourself laughter at someone going like, Well, I think, you know, obviously, you know, London's done, is it? And me going <laughs> like, like some intense thing about like, well, just, you know, London's over. It was, you know, it was a city for the for the seventies and eighties and night, but it's not, it doesn't work. <laughs> You're in danger there of introducing an example conversation that I want to follow up, which I don't think we have time for. Um, but yes, you heard it here first. London's dead from, uh, f- you know, uh, flatulent misanthrope Alex Keeley. <laughs> <laughs> Is it still flatulent when it's out of your mouth? I think so. I think it's still it's counts, in your body it? screaming to get out. I think out. we debated about whether a but like, you know, when you gurgle. <laughs> Is it internal? Is it still a, f- you know, when like, you know, when you're really hungry. What a Chloe Pets and first aid kit feel about this being <laughs> We've made the mistake of deciding to do quite a lot of bits of our podcast very late at night after a tour show. And I would say this stuff could definitely have gone in, oh, in the this is like this is Patreon Central. Because also, you said in amidst of the rumbles, some really, really interesting and funny things about how the film impromptu threw Fran's list under the bus of it. And I was like, wow, even this exercise, you've appreciated it so much more insightfully and you were being really funny. And I was tempted to just pull £5 or a reduced rate of £3.80, which is now gone out of my pocket and just give it to you right there for <laughs> the teachings but it's hard to be like the burpy boys say do follow the patreon for more of these gurgles burpy boy if if trusty hogs really come for us burpy boys could be the new one but well i'm i say that you know my body is as weak as my mind in many ways but i ain't doing it tonight and i'll tell you why i'm not doing it um because due to an admin error at Liverpool Street Station at 6.09, you got on a train <laughs> that I didn't get on. I had to get one 15 minutes later. So I had a colossal wasabi that stunk out the carriage. Oh, wow. Yeah, tofu you curry. You're one, you one of the smelly vandals. I sat by the loo because I was like, <laughs> well... <laughs> well <laughs> Is it sushi or is it shit? No, you were trying to use. No, it's not. It doesn't smell of shit. It smells very strongly of you know of katsu curry. But no, no, no. But I just mean that you were trying to go like could with be, a, you know, even with a fork. I must say, uh, no. It was more like, well, this isn't. If you wanted to, if you were a very nasally sensitive commuter, you wouldn't want to sit right next to the yeah, loo yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'm just yeah. doubling. So in many ways, an ex- incredibly considerate bit of train katsu eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm full. I'm fine. <laughs> Uh, you're ill, and Go, this is Chloe Pell. <laughs> <laughs> it's for normal stomach functioning. Brackets, I, gurgling. It's a very self-involved example from me, but uh, two days and a sort of a, a news drop, but not really. Um, there's a possibility that I might do a book, uh, which I'm very excited about. There'll be some big old shout-outs to Keels, um, uh, and <laughs> not that that's like... <laughs> I'm allowed to talk about it, because it's sort of about you... like. It, I'd, I'd say it just as proudly if it didn't mention you once. And now I'm thinking maybe it won't. But uh, <laughs> it what, will. what a roller coaster I didn't ask to be on. <laughs> yeah, and also not very self involved, not interesting roller coaster. And we will get to Chloe Pets and First Aid Kit shortly. <laughs> but I said in the meeting with my agent and a publisher, after they said a nice thing about the potential prospects of it, I said, That's so lovely to hear you say because. I've got myself into a real tiz about this project and I think I've just started to however briefly believe in that and that feels great. I said that and then I hadn't had breakfast and my tummy just went... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Usually we'd say it in the tail but I want 
any gigpigspodcast at gmail.com correspondence this week. I want it to be specifically times when you've wanted to say something important, <laughs> sincere, anger, any intense emotion. Yep. And that you're, and I just gurgle through that. And, and again, and anytime your body has let you down in whatever way, you could have fallen, you could have stumbled, you could have done one of those things where you accidentally, um, you're at the top of a landing, you don't realize, and you do an extra step, and then it's a weird. Ideally, it's like, f- f- uh, uh, burps I and gur- gurgles. I, I did a fart or a burp or a gurgle. Please. But one thing's clear. It doesn't have to be about live music. <laughs> that couldn't be further from my mind at this moment in time. Oh, look, ideally, ideally, it's like, you know, yeah, it could be at a gig. It could be like Vandalar Crybaby Geeks and you just farted in the middle of it in a way that's just highly audible. You wished that the band played it played it loud <laughs> yeah, at the electric. Yeah, yeah. Why do they have to do that thing where it's just <laughs> round one mic, actually? Because sometimes the farts aren't as audible if it's amplified. I, uh, yeah, you could fart a lot more at the National Bank. I don't really enjoy this because also it's when they play terrible love at the end you can, you can, you the, can, the point you is they used to be a louder band and now they're a more gentle band um, so, <laughs> so that's that that's that done uh, Graham bafflingly follows up one industry smug example with another I've not had much success in the voiceover game I'm not a great actor body or voice but I think I'd have been a bit closer to getting the Little Moons gig a couple of years ago if I hadn't had such chronic wind in the studio and it's picked up so, like, every bit of it. You're hearing it in your own ears as well. It's like hearing it. Hearing I can it in the ears. see them laughing on the other side of the screen. <laughs> so you were, just, you were just farting through Not a voice fart. No, 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 no. I was good. I was you like, you know, it was internal. No, no, no. <laughs> And what was, do you remember what the line you were having to read for was roughly? I'm afraid not, but I was, I dare say, describing the, um, you know, um, surreal softness of uh, Little Boon's um, mochi ball ice creams, which are great. Oh, that would have been, that would have been great. And that probably would have calmed your stomach. To, I've just gurgled through that again. <laughs> I don't know if you're picking it up. Fuck! <laughs> um... So we first aid kit. Oh. Yeah, we went. We went to see, and it's you know, I, I, I don't think many this, moons ago, three moons ago, I roughly. Oh, very night. What's a moon there? A month. Oh, I thought a moon was a night. Well, it, it, well I think. <laughs> uh, I think. Look, uh, diplomatically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Diplomatically, it could. I can see how. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, so it's many, many moons ago. So many months ago. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, it's it's one you know cycle of a moon waxing and waning from from beautiful. Thanks for your brief diplomacy. <laughs> I think when the diplomat is laughing at you as much when they're being diplomatic, it does yeah, yeah. take some of the edge off or put some of the edge was, back on. Yeah, it was difficult. <laughs> it was difficult to complete without laughing the word diplomatically there. Yeah, that does make sense. And it's yes. So three. This is we're we're on the cusp of November. Two and a half moons ago, in mid-August, we went to see first aid kit. Now listen, I don't think that starting a podcast talking about your wind for ten to fifteen minutes is any more or less disrespectful to the guests, depending on you know the ethereal nature of the you know the the, the subject's music, for example. It's not like oh, we should have done this burp chat before the Napalm Death episode because all of those you know metal animals would, would have loved it. But First Aid Kit are a Swedish folk duo who play um, and at times pretty transcendentally melodic and beautiful style of music, which we haven't really been at our most poetic in our episode topping about. But we don't have to be. 
because we pod when we pod and we eat when we eat and ideally it works out and tonight it hasn't. <laughs> we, had a, we had a lovely, if nuanced time at First Aid Kit, to the, which we'll get, we'll get into in the body of the episode. But I do like First Aid Kit. I think very beautiful music. Mm. And you know, particularly something we didn't quite get into loads that there's a um, cover of Paul Simon's uh, America that they play, which is a very good YouTube video that I would suggest you seek out if you've not seen, mm. which is them first they kept playing this cover to, I don't know, let's say a Kennedy Center honoring ceremony of Paul Simon. It feels like that. Even if it's not that, it's got that vibe. Obama might be in the audience. I don't think he is, but he could be. He could be. It's that kind of vibe. <laughs> and they play it, and then Paul Simon's there in the audience. He basically, I don't think he quite cries, but he's sort of, he's sort of, he's in the cry zone. Mm. And it's like, that's always pretty cool to see someone covering someone's music and to them. Yes. And then Ella. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, we, uh, obviously, we have a pretty um, deep uh, appetite for, um, well, for food, in your case, you'd love some, <laughs> but, uh, but for music and music-related stuff. But we've talked in previous episodes about Maggie Rogers playing her song to Pharrell Williams. Pharrell Williams has not heard this Maggie Rogers song before, and we watch his mind be blown live. We've talked in a previous episode about uh, drummers, this new thing where it's like drummers have to play along to a song they've never heard, and how that's really great. Any, any combination of, of, of music and context which reaffirms, you know, the power of music and the power of, in this case, homage. But the Paul Simon, the Paul Simon one for Maggie Rogers, it would be like, Maggie Rogers plays Georgia. Pharrell goes, that's great. What about this? Covers Georgia back at her. Maggie Rogers starts crying. Oh, that's lovely. That's what, that's so, what that is. The song's Alaska. Uh, so, fuck. Uh, it's, a it's a state? It, <laughs> it's, a, it's a state. Google, Google, Google. <laughs> <laughs> First Aid Kit's story is one obviously full of them just finding the mainstream audience that they deserve and that you can understand they get because it's very pretty, uh, but also of them basically impressing everyone who comes across them. And that also, bit like, they're taken under Fleet Fox's wing, I think, mm. quite early on. And, like, they, they uh, cynically or authentically or inevitably a bit of both, they use covers. They hop from Lilypad to Lilypad, releasing lovely music of their own. Um, oh, a little. There's no need for me to comment on it, but yes, I've, 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 did you but, do one yourself? A burst of the Keelys. A burst of the Keelys. And and the thing that my fiance says about it particularly is that it's um well in fact Piano Valley has sort of said that it's a kind of um do the burp. It's like I try to power through. It's like I won't burp. I just gurgle <laughs> and then I talk through the gurgle. And um, yeah, do the burp. The more you said the song, uh, the word gurgle. I think the song Bathroom Gurgle by Later the Pier. A cover version that First Aid Kit didn't uh, deign to drop <laughs> at the O2 Academy so Edinburgh. put your hands on your waistline and move your body to the baseline. It's hard. Is that how that would go? Uh, well, I mean, you know, no one else has attempted it. So <laughs> I think it's very much, you know, you've planted your flag in the moon and the moon is yours. Sure. It's a shit moon is what you're it's saying. It's not a shit moon. It's just hard to square the person who declared themselves understandably desperate to get to bed with the person <laughs> prepared to riff first aid kit covering later the pier. It's to your immense credit. <laughs> I... <laughs> so um, we don't need to give first first aid kit um, 
as a compliment to them, certainly to music fans, need no introduction. And in a more sort of slightly our own to-do list way, first aid kit need no further introduction from us now. Um, we were <laughs> now that we've done some of that introduction. That's 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 what I mean. A lot of this really should be quite implicit, but sometimes best to say it out loud. Well, it's let's a, make some of the implicit explicit. It's also a live episode. We yes. recorded it in the Pleasants courtyard. Thank you to the Pleasants. Wednesday, the sixteenth of August, twenty twenty-three. Yes, thank you to the Pleasants Wednesday and thank you to Alex for doing uh, and Odie, my producer off the curb for doing a lot of the lifting of that uh, during an Edinburgh Fringe where I had um, not taken on nearly as much as I think you and a couple of people gave me credit for because you know one of my shows was a short run work in progress and, and the club night was only once a week but there, there, I was um, a bit stressed and into the middle of it came a live Gig Pigs episode where we went to see the gig that evening straight after our own gigs with our guests straight after her own gig and then raced back to Edinburgh in an amusing fashion which is covered in the episode both our trips to and from the gig are amusing uh, shout out to My Chemical Romance Michael chemical romance yes and shout out uh, to steve this episode features the line he had crisps in his boot uh, and an episode is always the stronger for that in my opinion but who was the guest well it's in the episode title but let's tell you a bit more about chloe petz who's just fantastic real bit of fun from her this episode i think you're for me this edinburgh time. i am not ashamed to plug particularly as we start to tee up uh, dates for its london transfer uh the game-changing club night comedians dj battles which chloe petz was a, uh, she boss it twice, and her in 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 partnership with Anya Magliano and loads of people were fantastic. Anya, who's, who's been on this um, during the fantastic Alaska episode, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, Georgia, yeah, oh. um, I've delighted myself um, with the sharpness of that blade because um, the rest are very blunt. <laughs> anyway. Um, Chloe, just we've got to know this through doing the podcast, and I also got to know it with some people uh, by doing the, the the DJ show with them. Loves music, communicates a lot of it fantastically. Tells some great stories about going to other gigs. In this episode, um, has a, this episode it has a, a unifying theme of sort of behaviour at gigs, which arguably goes in a slightly different direction to some of the other ways we've talked about behaviour at gigs, but that's very fun for it, and it was great for the live episode. She was fantastic energy in the Pleasance at 11.30. Fantastic energy. Great, a, a sort of unifying theme of, should we say, sensitive lad? Yes, and, you know, and, and, and an overlap with, as Chloe says in the episode, with some of the stuff she talks about in her stand-up. If you can't say anything nice, great. which is currently on tour now, I think when this comes out, you'll have, I mean, I'm sure... The Soho, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure the Soho Theatre run has done very well, but I think there's about two days left of that when this comes out. Oh, great! Unless you're one of the Patreon gang, which should be at the beginning of that week. But then after that, whole national tour throughout, um, you know, a bit this autumn, November, and then uh, in in February, March. So do go and see that on tour. She's Couldn't all, see the show all over, all over it, everywhere. Uh, it clashed with mine, but absolutely loved Chloe's first show. The previous show last year and also these things are less important but equally if you you know you might catch a glimpse of it in the foyer of your local theatre or art centre um, the best poster or the best the best big poster in Edinburgh didn't go through all of the posters in the fringe brochure but of all the posters I saw on lampposts regularly the poster for Chloe Petz's if you can't say anything nice always made me think that's a damn good poster it's really great it's very go look that up now yes and uh, and enjoy uh, Chloe's stand up but, but first Enjoy Chloe's reflections in front of an audience in the Pleasance Cabaret Bar in Edinburgh of um, of going to watch First Aid Kit with us. 
Patrons of the Pleasants, welcome to Geek Pigs Live at the Edinburgh Fringe. Please welcome to the stage your hosts, Ivo Graham and Alex Keeley. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for coming out to this late night venture. Hi. Many apologies for the late start. We've had a couple of technical teething issues because we are recording this to be put out as a podcast at a later date. Are you all okay with that? Yeah. Give me a cheer if that is new information to you. <laughs> Let that new information wash over you. And are you sure that's fine? Do you consent, despite that being, I think, quite germane to the entire idea of the process? It's germane to the entire idea. <laughs> Yes, this is our second ever live episode of the podcast, Gig Pigs. Give me a cheer if you have ever listened to an episode of Gig Pigs. Well, that means a great deal. But obviously, let's check the other side. <laughs> Give me a cheer if you have never interacted with an episode of Gig Pigs. Wow. I knew the first cheer wasn't everyone, but I thought it was the majority. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you just never... It's a, quite a frustrating 50-50 split, actually. It's not <laughs> frustrating in the slightest. It's new turf to plough. Hello. What's your name? Hello, Mark. Tell me everything you know about the Gig Pigs podcast. Uh, I'm guessing it's You're guessing, guessing at this early set. I'm guessing that. Come on, Mark. We're the pigs that go to gigs. Yeah. yeah. Never has the name felt less funny or charming <laughs> than Mark going, I guess you're the pigs that go to gigs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we are. We shouldn't have called it Gig Pigs. When Mark says it, it's ridiculous. We were led by a rhyme. We, we nearly called to. the podcast Live Music Fans, but we didn't. We thought, <laughs> we, we, we thought Gig Pigs would be more fun. We didn't actually. It was Gig Pigs from the start. I was watching Bon Iver in October, and it just came to me. I sent you, Mark, it's absolutely fine. Thank you for coming to this live experiment under duress. Are you a fan of uh, going to music gigs yourself? How many, let's not ask you too many questions, we plan to ask our actual guest, but obviously, Mark, <laughs> uh, how regularly do you go to gigs? What was the most recent gig you went to see? The Wonder Stuff. As in Dizzy by The Wonder Stuff. They didn't play that. Right, sorry. Just when you think me and Mark are starting to cook with gas, the hob gets turned off so abruptly. I'm sorry, that's the only song by The Wonder Stuff I know, so I would have obviously had a terrible time. But we'd have chatted about it and it would have made a great podcast because that's what we do. We go to gigs and then we talk about them. Ideally, we take a guest. We meet up with the guest after the gig. That's a lot of faff. Then Alex and I will often meet up again to record another bit of the podcast. Often it's uh, th three occasions per episode. Tonight is a bit more exciting and fresh because uh, exactly an hour ago, we were watching the band First Aid Kit finishing up at the... O oh, Mark <laughs> likes them. Oh, I like them, says Mark. Was that new information as well? They didn't play well? Dizzy either, I'm they sorry. They didn't play Dizzy. It was... So do you didn't know that we were going to be talking about the band First Aid Kit? Who is this person to Mark's right who was just gesturing him with every question? It's like, you've been given all of this information already. <laughs> Hello, Neve. You did your best, Neve, but ultimately it's blood from a stone with your dad. Um, uh, <laughs> give me a cheer if you're a fan of the band First Aid Kit. That's terrific news. It's absolutely not essential, and I suspect that we're not going to spend the entirety of this. <laughs> We've done one live episode before, and it was at the Latitude Festival last month, and we talked about the band Pulp. That was also recorded, and it will be coming out in the autumn. That, I'll be honest, was quite a home run, because everyone in the tent had watched Pulp the night before, and everyone had loved it, so we basically got to come out and go, weren't Pulp good? And just surf that wave for an arm. <laughs> Whereas tonight we are going to try and bring you sort of with us to an experience that, I mean, give me a cheer if anyone else watched First Aid Kit tonight. Oh, fair enough. Who's that? Yeah. Hello, what's your name? Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Did you leave the gig at the end of the gig? I left during the middle of the last song. You left during the middle of the last song. We were debating this so much. Yeah. 
I was very much, we've got to stick this out. We left in the middle of the song after the end of the gig, which is when the band stood on stage playing Abba's Dancing Queen. Yes. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> what a strange negative Sorry. energy for me to have created. <laughs> Sorry that this gig didn't start later because we were staying in the O2 Academy dancing to Dancing Queen playing over the PA. <laughs> I think without any further ado, we should welcome on the third person who can flesh out these box-fresh first aid kit memories a bit further. Without any further ado, please welcome to the stage the fantastic Chloe Petz, everybody! It's so nice to be here. I don't know how much you've been listening to backstage, Chloe, but that's Mark. Were you at my gig earlier? Oh, okay. Oh, so what happened at my gig earlier is... <laughs> whoa, some shit went down. I um, proposed that I would dress up as a Disney princess and stamp on his balls. That is what happened. Any more context to that? No. <laughs> Every night at someone tonight, it was Mark. That is the context. That genuine is the context. The lucky man, yeah. Were you on the front row for that as well, Mark? Don't think there's any, someone's got to be on. It's always needs fault. This is a beautiful relationship that we don't have to investigate any further. <laughs> Did you enjoy your gig uh, today that Mark was at? We do, well, I do No, I'm, I'm probably oh, going to ask. So fun. Sorry, Chloe. I asked you if you enjoyed your gig, but Mark was quite rightly answering on your behalf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we found out that Mark loves to silence women, actually, at the gig. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't find that out at all. He was actually a delight. You know when you have like, well, you guys won't know, but as comedians, we need like little anchors of like people with lovely faces that are being really kind. And I feel like you two are being fantastic. But I wasn't looking at you too much because I understand the sort of dad-daughter dynamic at a comic gig can be quite fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you've been at a lot. Over the yeah, and I imagine it's been very difficult for you both. Yeah, well, I would advise you sit further back. Is what I would say. <laughs> have you been to any stuff on your own terms, Mark, or have you been dragged to every single thing you've been to at this Edinburgh Fringe? What a great dad, to be fair. We went to watch Harry Styles together for this podcast uh, a few weeks ago, and there were a few marks knocking around. <laughs> and, um, and I'm a sort of, I'm a mark in waiting. You know, I've got a four-year-old daughter. I reckon I'm sort of seven or eight years off Styles or equivalent. And you're looking around sort of judging, what is the best policy here? Some of the dads singing along with their daughters, very sweet. Some of them literally could not be less present in the gig. Just, <laughs> uh, I've driven you here. I'll drive you home, and I'm on my phone for an hour and a half. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! There was a nice bit of first aid kit today where one of the sisters said, this is a song that I wrote about my daughter, and I turned around and you went, oh no, because I feel like you just sort of preempt emotion now every time you hear someone speak about a daughter. Wow. What a lovely thought. You, you were crying at Mark and Neve's relationship. I, I, am, I am very torn <laughs> because Mark has undeniably wound me up all over the shop in the last 10 minutes alone with his contempt for the pod. But yes, equally, it's extremely moving and I do preempt emotion. But do you feel like quite susceptible to daughter content now? Yeah, I think I do. I found the film After Sun unbelievably moving in a way that I think I would have... Five years ago, I probably just would have been fancying Paul Mescal. You don't Mescal. give a shit if you're not a parent, that's what we're saying. No, but no, I'm not saying that my experience is exclusively mine and Mark's. Uh, I don't think I get to feel things in a particularly different way, but after Sun, uh, yes. She's asked me a question and I've answered it honestly. I think Sorry. I've provided an unbelievably quick example of something that moved me specifically because of my own parental feelings and anxieties. Yeah, actually fair. And I'm sorry to have this much tension in the gig at such an early stage. <laughs> But I'm a stressed dad. But the only person feeling attention in the room is you. And that's what I love about you so much, is that we've spent maybe the last, what, five or six hours together? We jumped into a cab outside the courtyard at 7.52pm. It was thrilling. Do you remember what you said, Chloe, as you crossed the road? I'm being kidnapped by two privileged white men. (laughs) Yep. And into the Uber, you were bundled. <laughs> the old podcast story. Ivo finds panic in places where no one else could find it. But you land on your feet in a big way. Please, will you tell the story of Steve? Steve was the Uber driver to the O2 Academy Edinburgh. Have you tipped Steve yet? Yes. What did you tip him? Five pounds. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the very least he deserved. He had crisps in his boot. Uh, <laughs> he allowed me to go and get Red Leicester mini cheddars out of his boot at a traffic light. Well, no, he said you can get crisps out of my boot at the end of the trip, and then Ivo immediately got out <laughs> at a traffic light. If you tell me at a traffic light that you've got crisps in your boot, I'll be getting out of the car before the sentence is finished. These two fuckers. He was so like, nice. Anyone else? Do you anyone like else? us or don't you like anyone us? Else? We're swinging all anyone over the Anyone else that is a one-star review, these two, charming. <laughs> oh, he was he was. I've had enough reviews for one day, and we had a lovely, <laughs> lovely time with Steve. We were all of a fluster because we'd all come out of our respective gigs. Alex put the car, we got in it, we were chatting about first aid kit and the lovely evening ahead of us, talk turned to the fringe, to cultural trends, etc. And Steve, he was enjoying it. And when the conversation turned to whether you should call work in progresses, work in progress or whips, Steve chipped in by saying, well, people say WAP, don't they? And that, that's a... That's a huge <laughs> debut contribution to a conversation from a taxi driver. We were definitely onto a winner. I could practically smell the crisps in his boot from that comment alone. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It was brilliant. I revealed that I didn't know as much about the song WAP as I thought I did. I've always thought that in the song WAP, they say WAP. And I'm not going to complete the thought for you, but just remember the bits of WAP where they say WAP and substitute that for them saying WAP. <laughs> well, scansion-wise, it's a whole different ballgame. <laughs> um, no, we had a great chat about whips and whaps, and then uh, 
I said, because it was 7.40 and we were going straight to a gig and then straight to a pig and the whole evening was starting to look rather crowded, would it be possible if we went past a shop to stop and get even just a packet of crisps? And he said, I've got crisps in my boot. And you've heard the rest of the story. And, and uh, Mr. Chocks, Little Snickers, a peanut and choco, which you actually claim to prefer to I, Snickers, I think they're better than Snickers. But I said that there was recency bias and it was too early to make any firm conclusions. <laughs> He's fun and not fun is what his... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We really stayed in one mood for long in the Uber to the O2 Academy Edinburgh. Give me a cheer if you've been to a gig at the O2 Academy Edinburgh. Give me a cheer if you're a... F- I mean, you sort of got that from that cheer alone. Give me a cheer if you're a fan of it as a venue. <laughs> Chloe, do you want to take it from here? <laughs> you're a fucking idiot. You're wrong. <laughs> I think it's one of the worst venues I have ever been at in my whole entire life. I thought it was absolutely appalling. Mm. You didn't like it at all. I was just sat there sort of crying about everyone's daughters. <laughs> you, uh... So if you haven't been there, it's a very long venue. It doesn't look massively spectacular from the outside, so you're sort of thinking, mm, okay, this maybe it's sort of like a TARDIS situation. You're going in, it will be more beautiful on the inside than it is on the outside. No, exactly. So it's a very narrow, thin stage. And then that sort of goes the like width of a bit of the venue. And then the other bit of the venue is like these sort of, how would you describe it? So it's very long with high ceilings and then it sort of suddenly goes down with low ceiling kind of goblin cave wings yeah like goblin cave wings yeah and (laughs) if you're sort of in the goblin cave wing it felt like everyone was getting really feral because we were all hot and i had sort of like a river of sweat down my back and people were just bustling into each other there was a man who was sort of vehemently shushing everyone at so many stages and then we weren't sure what he was maybe he was shushing the band which is quite a bold approach i think (laughs) Sort of like, like, like you silencing <laughs> me earlier. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And then we try to sort of progress inside to the middle of the gig to stand in somewhere more sort of beneficial for us to watch it. More and beneficial we, for us. We were shoved by some ladies. We were physically shoved. I was shoved by a man. So. It was shoving all over the shop at the O2 Academy Edward tonight. We've sort of discussed this on the podcast a little bit before, but fundamentally... And we love them, but gigs are stressful. And this is what we arrived at, and we were cutting it quite fine because of our own gigs, and maybe we brought our own unwitting negative energy in some way, but basically, there was just trouble all over the shop. Yeah. You wanted to throw a pint at someone. Yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> and I was really... I feel I know you fairly well, Chloe, but I didn't know for sure whether it was a joke, and obviously I... <laughs> I did want to yes and you all the way to the chuck. I also think like you've sort of like summed up my personality there because I wasn't sure if it was a joke or not. No, like, you think my seconding it would have got it over the line? I don't know. It was Alex just before they started and I compromised it saying, you could maybe do it just as the lights go down then they won't know it's you. <laughs> so that's, that's <laughs> But I had like a clear sight line as well and like I really backed myself. I really fancied myself for the shot. I think the context is that we tried to sort of make a few inroads but as three tall people, they weren't popular in roads. And we were trying to be respectful, but not enough, clearly. So then some people gave us a bit of grief, so then we moved back. But then you didn't like that they kept turning around to point at us. Yeah, they kept turning around, pointing at us and laughing at us. So I was like, well, they've got to get some pint over their head. Okay, let's <laughs> fucking glass. <laughs> let's I just glass. don't think you can glass people at millennial Simon and Garfunkel. Like I, I honestly don't. do not understand where this glass rumour has come from. It was full plastic the whole way. All they were going to do was get a soak in. It wasn't like a violent act. It was about a quarter of a pint. It would have been one of the most mild mild-mannered <laughs> quart plasticings the O2 Academy Edinburgh has ever seen. But it still, I think, would have been a bold call, given that we um, 
are doing shows at the Fringe and had published <laughs> on social media that we were going to first aid kit. Uh, Do you think they knew who we were? No, but I think no. it's not outside the realms of possibility that some sort of paper trail would have been found. <laughs> Possibly as far back as our friend Nick, who tour manages first aid kit support band, the last dinner party, who secured us the tickets, which I think wouldn't be ideal to message him saying, thanks very much for the tickets. Unfortunately, we were kicked out before the gig began <laughs> because <laughs> pets went feral. <laughs> Do you think those ladies could have got us kicked out? I think I could have done it smooth enough that they wouldn't have known this, <laughs> the suspect. Like, they would have turned around seen exactly the angle that it had come from, from the Aggie lesbian that they'd had an argument with five minutes prior. Oh, not me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they would have been able to kick us out of the venue by themselves, but I think it certainly would have given us a lot more to work with <laughs> uh, over, over the next hour. There was the Shusha. Mm -hmm. There was... Oh, oh. <laughs> no, I, is this the one that I'm thinking of? We've just got so many funny memories from this gig. <laughs> we can barely get them out in the right order. <laughs> Guys, you had to be there. You didn't really have to be there. It was fine and the venue was shit. But we've... Um, <laughs> no, it, they, they are great. And the venue is inevitably hot and crowded and stressful like lots of venues are. I don't feel as strongly about the O2 Academy Edinburgh. We had quite a nice time watching the Gaslight Anthem there. Last Fringe. That was our little O2 Academy pilgrimage last year. But when you compare it, and I'm sorry to be such a fringe twat but we went to see cassandra jenkins at the summer hall and it was very beautiful and the o2 academy is like no you're leaving the fringe and you're going to town to a rowdy gig even though it's beautiful folk and country music you've made your decision vibe wise yeah i don't know how they managed to make it rowdy but i kind of liked it because i feel like i have always listened to rowdy music in my past i feel like my heritage is like football anthems like even when I listen to sort of like Lady Gaga, I think I chant it like a football act. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to Lady Gaga? No, I didn't go to Lady Gaga. That's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. I would have liked to have gone. So in my teenage years, I listened to like, I find it so embarrassing what I listened to back then. It was like Kasabian, The Killers, hey. Kaiser Chiefs. <laughs> The KKK. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, I don't know. I just Gutting like... for klaxons and the kooks not to make it into the KKK. <laughs> Too square for racism. <laughs> <laughs> I've chosen some of the like most ethically mm, uh, grey areas there. But... I don't think the Kaiser Chiefs are an ethical grey area. It's just disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> We um we did the comedians DJ battles club night last week and Rajiv. someone put on yeah, Rajiv put on I predict a riot and. I don't know. I didn't know whether it was ironic or not, but everyone was having a great time. So I just wrote, back Britain on the projector. <laughs> <laughs> I glassed some old ladies. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> Did you see any of those bands live? Who was your first gig? I Stunning can't, well, segue. Who was my, oh, no. Oh, no. I think I've just unlocked a memory. So <laughs> I saw Kasabian 11 times. Fucking hell. Before Tom Meehan did what Tom Meehan did. Yeah, I really loved them. I really, really loved them. Because, like, I, I'm at heart a football lad, and they were, like, the football lad band. But the first gig that I ever went to... Let's pop a pin in you seeing Kasabian 11 times. OK, we'll come back to it. No, but you're going to want to pop a pin in what I'm about to say. The first band that I ever saw was Il Devo. <laughs> pin City. <laughs> yeah, it was... I'd got, like, a real um, sort of passion... I don't know what Il Diva is. it opera? Yeah, it's opera. It's like pop opera. Pop opera. British um, Got Talent opera. No, no, no. So it was like the sort of classy version of... Do you remember G4? 
I suppose I do remember G4. So what happened is I loved G4 on Pop Idol or X Factor. And I was so upset that they got knocked out. That, because I had felt emotions so strongly when I was a child. I think my mum sort of tried to distract me with like shiny things sometimes when I was feeling really <laughs> sad. So G4 got knocked out and I was crying about it. And mum said, don't worry. I've bought you tickets to see Devo, and these fuckers are going to blow your mind. <laughs> if you like G4, you've got to go see El Devo. That's great mumming. Really good mumming, actually. And I remember so distinctly as a child that it was like the corniest sort of like choreographed patter between songs. <laughs> and then they had this sort of allotted time where all of the elderly ladies that wanted to throw their knickers at them could do it. Wow. The sort of knicker amnesty time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bit of a knicker amnesty. How old were you? Ooh, let's not consider that. I think okay. probably too old for that. <laughs> Does anyone remember when G4 was knocking around? Yeah. Yeah, when was it? Back in the early 90s. Not early, in the early 90s. 90s. <laughs> no, because I wasn't born then, so... <laughs> <laughs> this was all happening while I was fetal. Um, <laughs> early noughties, early noughties, like 2002. So I was probably about like nine, I would imagine. Yeah. Do you remember who won the uh, X Factor series that G4 were knocked out in? Mm, it's a hard question. Was it? Do you know? I don't know. So it, you'd be I've well within your rights to think, where is this going? <laughs> <laughs> it's not Joe McEldry, is it? No, I think McEldry no. is quite significant. McEldry yes, is right. later. The, the second row um, is spoken. Open it to the hive soon. Steve, Steve. Brookstein, the Steve first Brookstein. winner. No, it can't have been. It can't have been. Have you ever taken a flare to a Kasabian concert? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shoved it right up my arsehole. No, no, come on. <laughs> no, I've never taken a flare to a Kasabian concert. Ever taken a flare to any concert? Never taken a flare to a concert. I would yeah, love yeah. to. Has anyone here ever taken a flare to a concert or festival? I know it's not an ideal thing to admit to at the age of 32, but I think I'm becoming more flair inclined. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it responsibly and with a huge amount of planning, but I'd want to tick it off, really. Yeah, that's one of the saddest things I've ever heard. Oh, great. I'll flare responsibly. Uh-huh. For my daughter. For my... <laughs> not just for my daughter, for everyone's daughters. <laughs> the daughters of the future. <laughs> what was your favourite Kasabian song? Ooh, big question. I think it was probably LSF, because you... It was Steve Brookstein, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, two people clapping that. What the fuck just happened there? Terrific to know that if ever there are pockets of lull in the room, they're just Googling Pop Idol winner 2002. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think LSF was probably my favourite one, because of the, like, the big hook that everyone left singing. And honestly, like, I know that it's like a very trendy and very uncool thing to sort of admit to, but that's some of the like most unified and coolest times I've left a gig because everyone's walking out singing the last song they played together all the way to the tube. That's pretty cool, right? Yes, that might have happened tonight, but sadly <laughs> we've already left the gig to uh, uh, to go and get in a stranger's car. <laughs> Who's here? Who's here? Yes, Michael Pryor is in. So we had a, a fantastic ride with Stephen from Uber on the way in, Steve. And on the way back, we accepted a lift from the O2 Academy Edinburgh with a man called Michael who just got in touch via DM. And uh, that sounds like an odd way to sort of go about your business. Welcome to Gig Pigs. We, uh, the admin is very much riding by the seat of its pants, as my mum would say. And we did some like good stalking before the gig where we went through his Instagram profile and decided whether, if he was a weird pervert, whether we could take him. And we decided that I could single-handedly take him myself. <laughs> so, we made sure that Chloe had one of her standard quarter of a glass of beers. <laughs> <laughs> we went to be Michael. 
it's obviously quite a strange thing to admit to, but we were very conscious that the gig was meant to finish at about 10.30, 10.40. There'd be some sort of cab scrum outside. It'd be too far to walk. So when Pryor slid into the DMs, uh, it, was, um, it was a pretty quick background check, really, and then straight into the VW Golf. Many thanks again. <laughs> I think he's one of my favourite people that I've met this fringe. <laughs> I liked his driving. It felt safe yet aggressive. <laughs> it was like, I always knew that I'd be okay, but I'd always knew he was going to get me across the town. Yes, no laws were broken, but my dad once said, when he was asking me to drive him to a funeral very fast, because he was late, he said, you've got to really Pin want it. And, uh, <laughs> sorry? Pin in that. I mean, I can tell you whose funeral it was. I don't know, there's much more to tell than that. Um, <laughs> but that expression's always stayed with me. You've got to really want it. I shot an orange, and my dad went, you really wanted that one. So, probably the proudest he's ever been of me. <laughs> fathers and daughters, eh? Fathers and daughters. An emotional man. Where else should we go with the gig itself? There was the shushers. At one point, they changed a lyric in a song from looking out of a New York window to looking out of an Edinburgh window, and lots of people around us cheered, and you said, people are so simple. <laughs> Really angry. <laughs> but I love that you said it because that's a real bugbear of yours. Yeah, it's different syllables. Different, <laughs> different number of syllables. It's not scanning for a start. The most angry I got though was when they were talking about the song Wild Horses oh, and yeah. then someone behind us went, Wild Horses, that's by the Rolling Stones. And I was like, everyone fucking knows it's by the Rolling Stones. Why are you fucking telling us it's by the Rolling Stones? You fucking not. I felt so upset by that. <laughs> I couldn't believe that he deigned to do that. With such a loud voice as well. It certainly got your goat. <laughs> <laughs> and mine, but I mean, um, most of their chat was about the sort of folk lineage of their work and the, yeah. and the bands that they grew up on. And they have a song of their own called Wild Horses, which they introduced by saying that their parents like the Rolling Stones, but they prefer the Graham Parsons version. And barely had they got to saying Rolling Stones themselves, then the, uh, the clever chaps of the O2 Academy were filling in the gaps to Petz's chagrin. It was quite a chagrin-heavy evening. What was your experience of my chagrin? Because I feel like sometimes I get quite mortified by how annoyed I get in public spaces, and you guys will know from my show that my whole show is based on just maybe just being pissed off constantly. <laughs> yeah, I feel very guilty about it. I wonder how you guys feel towards me. me. <laughs> <laughs> guys, you like me. <laughs> I think I've talked a bit too much, Alex. Why don't you feel the uh, what do we think of Chloe question? <laughs> I think I related to Chloe's irritation with some uh, elements. I got a good amount of elbow jabbing from a man that was quite annoyed with my height, and I can't do much about that. No, but also we're not trying to go poor us, we're tall. No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. But we were very far back. We're not near the front. It was just that it was quite an angry man about my height, and we'd met quite a jolly man in the queue for having drinks who said, ah, don't stand in front of us because you're tall. Ah, we had a very nice chat with him and he proceeded to reveal a number of his vital passwords. passwords for his logins. <laughs> which we said, what was the last gig you went to? And he said... We're always podcasting. The, 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 the microphones came out immediately. First gig, favourite gig. And he said he'd been to Elbow and we were like, oh, what's your favourite song? And he was, should we say redacted? Because no. if it's his password? Well, we, no, uh, no. Well, we don't know what the login is. We don't know like, If you can find this person, <laughs> you go to town on it. Password for everything is grounds for divorce, because that's his favourite elbow song. 
with a capital G. I confirmed that as well. But it was the biggest 180 I've ever had in a conversation with someone, which was, it began with, your height is irreparably bad for our relationship and also here are all of my banking passwords. <laughs> I've never had that pivot in an interaction with someone before. It was exciting. His wife just stood politely next to him oh, while she, he revealed she, that all no, of his passwords were grounds for divorce. <laughs> all of my passwords are a killer's album. Ooh. Different killer's albums. No. The <laughs> <laughs> no, I will admit it's Weak the same passwords. <laughs> Could you say which one on, we put on the Patreon? No. <laughs> I don't think that's what the Patreon's for. Yeah. Just, just yeah. <laughs> the mother's maiden name, Tear. <laughs> <laughs> Have the Killers album been your password since the release of that Killers album? Yeah, since I was a teenager, yeah, I've just kept it and just sort of done a variation of it. It's not a very rowdy sort of midnight live podcast thing to say to one's friend and guest, but... Um, that's some impressively long-term password retention. <laughs> Thank you. What I do is, if I sort of get a breach, I just change the um, caps, the numbers attached, add a dash, that sort of thing. Sam's Town, but with a sort of at. Rather than <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. At Sam's Town, one, two, three, dash. Try that. <laughs> we ask everyone their passwords at some point. What's your favourite Killers album? <laughs> 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 I really like the B-side one, Sawdust. Ooh. It's a short password. It's below eight characters. Thank you. So we've really thrashed that one out. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Doesn't stand up. Favourite gig you've ever been to, Chloe? My favourite gig I think I've ever been to is me and my mate Ryan went to Munich because I wanted to see Future Islands, but their London dates I couldn't get to. So I was like, should we just go to Munich just to like make a weekend of it? And it's one of my like favourite days I've ever had because we just like did some touristy stuff in the morning and then we went to this bar and we like ordered some beers and the guy was like, you don't want to order those beers. We've just opened this like cherry aged keg of pale ale. I think you should have a pint of that. And it's one of the most delicious beers that I've ever drunk. And we drank four of those beers on an empty stomach. And we were just like so gloriously tipsy. What does cherry aged mean? Honestly, I don't know. Oh. But if a German man comes up to you and offers you, you're like, yeah, let's go, baby. Um, <laughs> and then we like had this amazing walk across town. And then the gig was at this warehouse and they were playing sort of like a much smaller place in Germany than they would in the UK. And it was just this really sort of small warehouse. And we went in and we were like really happy, really steaming. And all of the Germans like consume a gig with like their arms down by their sides, just sort of like swaying side to side, making no noise whatsoever, like not even blinking. And that meant that there was like amazing space for us to just sort of carve out like really near the front and we got to dance and because we were the only ones dancing, there was quite like a lot of engagement between like us and the lead singer. And yeah, I just remember it being like one of the most like perfect days that I've ever had. And it, it was really special. It's a very beautifully told story. Thank you. I wonder if the reality is more rowdy. <laughs> Essentially going, <laughs> we went out, got hammered on an empty stomach. Pushed our way through a load of polite Germans and made intense eye contact with the singer of Future Islands. <laughs> I think if you're able to get to the front of a gig and have an intimate experience with a singer, you've annoyed a lot of people on route. <laughs> yeah, I'll concede. I'll concede. But it was fucking great. Yeah, it was, it was just amazing. Yeah, we just felt like absolutely euphoric. Yeah. 
It sounds absolutely brilliant. I, I, we very aware that we're very lucky to get to do this podcast to go on these jaunts and most of the gigs we've been to have been in London where we live but we're trying to sort of go to more places and we went to see the band Phoenix in Brussels for one of our first episodes and of course not to be sniffed at but it's that classic thing going not much more expensive really than going somewhere else in the UK and it was one of the best japes ever but it was also a gig full of very polite Belgian people who we were definitely a nuisance to. <laughs> so the moral of both stories is just travel a bit further and then you can offend Europeans with minimal fear of recrimination. <laughs> <laughs> I put my hand in a stranger's pocket by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and reassure them saying, don't worry, it's me. It's not. Did you think it was your pocket? He thought it was another member of the party's pocket and that member of the party was in a... It was a cloakroom key. Yeah. Because we'd gone to do a bit of cloakroom admin and I was just slipping the cloakroom key back into... Oh, I see, I see, Tom I Rosenthal's see. pocket, but it wasn't Because the thing is, Ivo, if we'd been at first aid kit today and you slipped your hand in my pocket, I would have decked you. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way you'd be at this podcast called you being fucking A&E, mate. LAUGHTER I wonder when we will have our first fight with a guest. Yeah, it's got it. <laughs> you wouldn't dare. I did feel that we had to be beacons of good behaviour at the gig. In Brussels? Today at the Academy, as the chaos swirled around us to this unbelievably melodic and gentle music. <laughs> we haven't answered the question, what the fuck did you guys think of me? <laughs> did you find it, like, um, worrying in some ways, that I was feeling a bit jumped up? No. I hoped you would have a nice time, because... We'd invited you there, so the quality of your experience was sort of on us. Yeah. And I suppose, given the podcast, we wanted you to have either a really nice time or a really funny, bad time. <laughs> and, um, and you sort of bopping along quite happily, but sort of with a kind of rage splattered over your face was sort of in the exact point. <laughs> there were moments where I was happy, and then like I would go into like a rageful. Well, also, Alex went roving to try and get what actually turned out to be using the sort of side corridor of the academy, quite a good spot for the encore. But at first, you came back and said, I think we can get further forward. And I very much looked to Chloe in that moment. And Chloe was very much not wanting to do that. And I went with guest. Yeah, I just think we couldn't risk it because we'd got so much vitriol for our height earlier that I thought, like, if we go forward, the only thing that could happen is this goes wrong. I also think at gigs and festivals, you have to take the bird in the hand sometimes. If you've negotiated a good spot, just enjoy it for yeah, a bit longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to, like, twist. I was like, I'm happy now. Up to a point. Ivo's hands in my pocket. <laughs> I'm happy, you know? <laughs> We basically got to a very good sort of side of stage, quite close to the stage, kind of... I mean, it was the corridor where the toilets were, but it was a sort of sniper scope to the stage, which... You have to make choices in this life. Do you want to be able to see first aid kit much more clearly, but be next to everyone going to the loo? <laughs> <laughs> yes, for the last two songs. But person who went to see first aid kit tonight, did you enjoy the gig? Yeah. Was it the first time you'd seen first aid kit? No, I saw them at Glastonbury. And how did seeing them at the O2 Academy Edinburgh compare to Glastonbury? Your head was a bit mashed potato at Glastonbury. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> ideal. Where were you stood today? I was on like, the right-hand side, about three-quarters of the way down. She went shushing okay, the band, okay. were you, at any point? <laughs> Did you get glassed by a B-list comedian? <laughs> what did you think of it, though? I thought it was right band, wrong venue. Yeah, I agree, but uh, like you say, it's an awful venue anyway. I've seen some... I've seen people like... 
Really? Okay. That's fucked up. Um, Just knock it down. Yeah. If, if. <laughs> Is it? Sick. Why? why? <laughs> it's because I called a bomb threat in. <laughs> it's like, this bomb threat's going to stand for 10 years. Shut it down. <laughs> we can't endorse... Bomb threats? The, clo- <laughs> the closure We're of live non- music bomb venues. We're podcast, largely. That's our sort of thing. <laughs> That's very sad to hear. How nice that we've got to see the Gaslight Anthem and First Aid Kit there. <laughs> what are they going to do with could. it instead? Are they going to... Um, as bad as I know, it's getting turned student accommodation. Student accommodation, okay. Yeah, that's... <laughs> fuck's, fuck's sake. Because anybody needs more student accommodation. Is that irony? Thank you. Thank you. I will always clarify. <laughs> we will probably take some questions, I think, at some point, should anyone have any. Could we ask you, Chloe, about your worst gig you've been to see? Yeah, I went to see Most Deaf at O2 Academy, Kentish Town, and it was fucking awful. So we went because we really like Most Deaf, and also Ocean Wisdom was opening, and I really like him. And he was absolutely incredible, like really sort of style the show. And then Most Def just like sang over like a backing track that was just really quite badly tuned into the speakers. And you know when like a comedian, like a gig isn't going their way and they deliberately sabotage it and throw it? He did that. And is Mathematics the most famous Most Def song? Yeah, and he was playing the backing track and then he'd like start singing over it and we were like, thank fuck, he's finally like singing something that we'll be interested in. And then um, he would like stop it and go like, you're not giving me enough, you're not giving me enough. And he did this like four times and it basically like people started booing and like throwing drinks at him and stuff. And at that point, my mate Ryan, actually the one from Future Islands, we were like, this is just turning nasty. Like we don't want to be a part of this like pile on against this guy so we left but it was honestly dreadful like mm. I couldn't believe how bad it was do you think if you'd had four cherry aged beers you would have joined in the pile on a bit more easily <laughs> yeah I would have absolutely glassed my staff <laughs> <laughs> you know me I love a glassing <laughs> yeah it's such a glassing heavy pod mm. fantastic Alex did you enjoy first aid kit I feel like you were the person who carried the most emotional investment into the gig tonight I thought it was a lovely gig. Lion's Roar was probably my favourite song of the evening. I would have liked the song, the last one from the new album, but they've not been playing that for a while. This feels like, um, from other podcasts that I've heard you speak on, this feels like very much your sort of genre of music, which is like ethereal girlies being existential. (laughs) Like I, I don't know why th- <laughs> I don't know why this sticks in my mind, but you know the song is it seventeen by is it Sharon Van Etten? Yes, oh, you yes. Love I, I remember hearing you talk on a podcast and I can't remember what it was. Oh, it might have been um Why is Harriet crying? And yes. they asked you when was the last time that you cried? And you said it was listening to seventeen by Sharon Van Etten because she was just talking about like how nice it was to be seventeen. And that's just <laughs> stuck in my mind that it's really funny that you sort of have the essence of like a fifteen year old girl. <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> First AK was one of my fiance's favourite bands. She's very obsessed with the, I believe it's called, and I'm very happy to be corrected, is it Blood Harmonies? When it's two siblings who are singing in a band together and the, the way they harmonise is supposed to be super duper extra good in comparison to non-related people. I'm trying to think of other siblings in bands. 
This, yes. Annoyingly, all there we go. Was, We've got a few. I can think of Good Charlotte, but I don't know how many, <laughs> how many blood harmonies Good Charlotte are chucking around. The Jonas Brothers. Street. Heim? Heim, of Heim. course. Heim. Will you reference Heim in the first uh, song of the gig? You turned Yeah, the first it, song that they sung. You said it reminded you of the song Falling by Heim. Yeah, it I sounds like is. they're just about to sing the song Falling. Such were the blood harmonies. It was great. Why didn't Murray stick around then? Your fiance's been in Edinburgh for the last five days. And we're going to see First Aid Kit. She has to go to work tomorrow. She has to go to work tomorrow. Ask a boring question, get a boring answer. Thank <laughs> you for coming. <laughs> well, she's very much the sort of third person on the pod, so I'm sorry she wasn't here. But obviously, as extensively discussed, the gig was fine. <laughs> so there we go. This episode is brought to you by The Weather Channel. It's suggested that brands avoid using sound effects in podcast ads. And remember to speak in a chill tone. Well, here's a suggestion for everyday life. Tap into the Weather Channel app. It's loaded with insights that help you manage your allergies, breathe easy, and use your outside voice. What in the weather are you waiting for? Be a force of nature with the Weather Channel app. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Does anyone have any questions for Chloe or about the band First Aid Kit? Any questions about First Aid Kit that we could answer? Which is bold stuff, I think, from us. How have you enjoyed this? Is someone new to the podcast? So. <laughs> That was yeah. fucked up. That was. It's hard because obviously I think if we were not in a live setting, we probably would be going very granular about things like which songs we wish they'd played. But it's very hard to transport that to people who've not been at the gig. <laughs> it's uh, just deep, deep first aid kit discography material. It's not. Was there a mosh pit? I think you've heard about all of the pockets of danger at the gig. I don't think full moshing was threatening to break out anywhere. In a way, that would have been more like organised. Like the gigs we've been to. Went to see the hives, when we would see Napalm Death. The things we've done. <laughs> um, the pits are they're well organized and they're sort of respectful and there's quite a lot of mutual understanding in what's going on and what the rules are, has been my experience of it as a newcomer. Whereas here it wasn't that. It was just pockets of trouble everywhere, but always different kinds of trouble. <laughs> and Chloe just getting livid with every single one of them. And then yeah. turning around and making an incredibly accurate comparison to a Heim song before <laughs> then getting angry again. It was like even a weird vibe. Like when we were, when we moved up towards the end, it was almost like we were like parallel to the stage. So we were almost like beyond the front row. So you could look back into the front row and even the front row weren't that hardcore. Like there was, <laughs> there was like a man who was like making himself sort of very visible and like, he kept sort of like leaping in to like sing the lyrics and he was wrong every single time. <laughs> and I was like, you are the one that's got here like hours before this gig so you can nail down this spot and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Glassed him. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been on the barrier for a gig? No, I haven't actually. The closest I ever got was when I did Latitude Festival I did Sigrid Churches and then Lana Del Rey. And 
because I had done Sigrid and churches, I got so close to the front of Lana Del Rey. And honestly, that woman is fucked on some drugs. I, <laughs> I, I can see deeply into her eyes. And the reason she seems like an ethereal girly is because... Uh, She's mashed potato. She <laughs> 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 Lana Del Rey is mashed potato girly, I swear down. Yeah. That was good, though. I really like that one. Yeah. There's something quite cool about seeing someone just like absolutely nuts just singing their songs. It was brilliant, yeah. <laughs> I think that's an incredible sequence of bands to have seen as well. I think Secret is one of the best acts I've seen in the last few years. So her voice is absolutely insane, but I saw her do like some kind of warm-up for her UK tour for... What's that venue in Kingston? That is like a really Prism. Prism, yeah, yes. yeah. We live there. So We don't live there. We live at the Hammersmith Apollo. Okay. We, we, we have a second home at Prism. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I watched Sigrid there and, like, her voice was insane. I was like, this is going to be brilliant. And then between each, she did, like, five minutes of talking, which was some of the most banal talking I've ever heard of in my life. And then she'd be like, I should do stand-up. And I was like, baby girl, you should not do stand-up. <laughs> if you want to do stand-up, you should employ me to write some jokes for you. Like, it was so boring. I'm just sing a song, you know. Well, she's Norwegian, I think. Yep. Yeah, and first day, it's Swedish. I don't think it was gold and bants at the academy. But they either. they knew what their strength was, which was singing songs. And all they did is they they either spoke a little bit about what the song was like, or they introduced themselves like you know that viral clip of the woman going France. I feel like they did that quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they said something at the beginning about how they're Swedish. Swedish and Scots have similar temperaments. And I thought, is that an observed sort of? <laughs> cultural overlap or is that just can you just say that about any two countries any people from dual Swedish and Scottish heritage here you've got to take a swing you've got to take a swing <laughs> any Swedish people they didn't fit I mean I, I can't speak as to all the factors that would have influenced it but they'd lost whatever like you read about first aid kit and it's like they started with sort of teenage sisters and their dad drove them around to gigs and they caught the attention of fleet foxes and bright eyes and worked their way up through the sort of folk scene they were like American pop stars. They were like Haim. I know it's very lazy. Yeah, they, they time, sounded American. It was sass rather than sweetness, I would say. Yeah, for sure. But I also think like the one on the right. The one on the right. <laughs> the sister on the right had, she played so incredibly and I think has one of the most beautiful live voices I've ever heard. Again, which is why I'm so disappointed because it felt like in the first three songs, I was like, this is going to be an insane gig. And then it was just really difficult to sort of sustain that emotion because you were sort of so far away and everyone was getting so rowdy. A great shame. What are the atmospheric venues in Glasgow that we'd have to go to next year and then hold this podcast at like mm, quarter to one? <laughs> Such that that would work? Or the Barrows. The Barrows. Okay. Yeah, or, Glasgow's or more Tuts. of like the music place, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everything you've said has been absolute bullshit tonight. <laughs> You can't say Edinburgh's got it going on just after you've said they're shutting down the academy to make student flats. <laughs> Edinburgh does have some good venues. Undeniable, Unde 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 we, we, we can't fight that. Can I say, last year, one of the best things I did at the Edinburgh Fringe, in, what was the one on Cowgate? Is that liquid rooms and I saw this like Bruce Springsteen cover band I walked in and I was like oh my gosh this is one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my <laughs> life and then sort of huh yeah maybe it was voodoo rooms it was on Calgate it was definitely on Calgate no 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 um what's the road that goes up from Grassmarket that's really beautiful 
So maybe it was liquid rooms. Okay. And it was honestly like one of the most fantastic experiences I've ever had because this guy was like, musically, they were brilliant. And this guy was like really giving it like shirt open, really sweating, just so charismatic. There was this moment where I was like, this is pathetic. But then I also, when I sort of had a few more beers and like I let the, <laughs> 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 but I let the music wash over me. And then I just looked around at all of these people sort of from a certain gener generation, but also multi-generational. And I just thought like, Bruce Springsteen has like done this thing to so many people across the world. Like that's amazing, isn't it? When he writes this such specific music that then becomes quite universal to the people that consume it. And I loved it. It was really transformative. It's another poetic summary of a pet's night on the lash. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Don't know where Sorry, it was, <laughs> thought it was shit at first. Uh, people were of a certain generation, but it was multi-generational <laughs> and you know, good old Bruce. I couldn't agree more. I love Bruce Springsteen and- I think they're on in the next couple of nights. Do you want to come? This non-specific Springsteen covers band I at a certain you. venue near the grass market. Yeah, let me get it open for you, and I'm going to invite That's you. That's what on. the night needs. Should with we start five a WhatsApp left on the group? clock is some live googling. Should we all start a WhatsApp group? <laughs> Did anyone else have any questions for Chloe? I have a question to ask myself, but if anyone wants to ask anything from the audience, if you, sorry. oh yes, hello. I didn't know it was a hands up. Well, to be honest, <laughs> I didn't really make it clear how it was going to work either. That's an absolutely brilliant question. I think maybe Bowie. I think it's probably, it's always Bowie, isn't it? Where did you see him? Goodness me, you, you really have been the fourth person in this podcast. <laughs> I saw him. Where did you see him? Was it brilliant? Yeah, of course it was. Yeah, that's, yeah. Even though it was Sunderland. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there are sometimes those moments where like, you see someone and you're like, I'll always have that. And you know that it's like a big moment, you can't miss out on it. Yes, undeniably. I, I used to say that I was very sad not to have seen LCD sound system and then they came back and the opportunities have been plentiful since. <laughs> <laughs> and they've been great. They've been some of the best gigs I've been to, but it's gone from such a, I'll never get the chance to do this to going, could go a fifth time. Um, <laughs> Daft Punk, maybe, in terms of people who are unlikely to get another chance to see, and I would have loved to have seen. Alex? Queen? Wow. Uh, <laughs> aggressive. Have you not seen Queen in Sunderland? <laughs> not a fan. Right, we'll interview you here next week. But we're doing... Was the question, have you not seen Queen in Sunderland? <laughs> this podcast, man. <laughs> I still think anyone here of dual Scottish-Swedish heritage would be my, <laughs> my low point of the night. You're getting the Springsteen tribute details. August the 19th, Liquid Rooms, 7pm for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> is, That's Bruce length. It's the Spring, Springsteen cover band. And as I say, it was the best thing I did last year. By mistake. No, no, no. I was taken by a friend and we had a transformative experience. It was really quite special. I think there was another question a couple of rows back. Yes. Did 
No, I think I was reminded of what a first aid kit casual I am. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of the song Wolf, which was up third, which has a great line about the only sound was me and my disgrace. As a big fan <laughs> of my own disgrace, I, uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of that one. But I think that was about as far as I went. I feel a real charlatan if I, I ideally, I'm singing along to everything or nothing. I don't like to be palpably trying to catch up on a chorus of a song I've just learned. I think that's weak. I think that, that's why like, I feel like I've not sort of like fully arrived to a gig since I saw Kasabian in my teenage years. Because that's the one band that I like knew the whole back catalogue. And the Killers as well. And now I feel like I've never like become that intimate with a band that I can just turn up. And that's what I wanted to do with First Aid Kit. I wanted to be like, absolutely. Every band I go to, I want to be able to like throw myself into singing along. But I probably sang along like, five times and what is your favourite Killers album? (laughs) (laughs) you heard what I said earlier I do think we often find ourselves in the same position of not being as prepped as we'd like to be revision and picking a few songs and actually putting in the work in the days leading up to it it really pays off and I failed first aid kit today but equally I don't think it was ever going to be a hugely sort of bellowy sing-along gig when they finished with My Silver Lining, which we were playing when people came in, I think that's by some distance their best-known song, and you felt it go up a gear for that. Yeah, um, definitely. But otherwise, no. Pretty limited. Chloe, on Sunday, you're going to be doing, ideally, a, a guest spot at Comedians DJ Battles at the Assembly Underground, the hottest new night out in Edinburgh. Um, obviously, you'll be given a very specific musical brief to follow, so you can't know exactly what you'll play, but... What sort of thing do you think you'll be uh, laying down on Sunday night? Well, obviously, the Lionesses will have won the World Cup. So, three Lions will be being played, 100%. I also think I know how to give the people what they want. So, I'll be playing Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. (laughs) (laughs) And then also, Anya Magliano and I had one of my favourite experiences at a band, which was... We were at Green Man together and we were at Ibibio Sound Machine and we didn't really know them that much. And then they played a song and we couldn't stop dancing to it. Like we just could not stop dancing to it. And then I turned to my girlfriend and I was like, what's this song called? And she was like, it's called Let's Dance. And, <laughs> and I was like, that's why we can't stop dancing to it. And I think that it's one of those songs where like I wouldn't necessarily play it because not everyone knows it. But I think because it like captured us so much, I feel like maybe it will have the same impact upon the people that people won't be able to do anything but move their feet. Did you just take a photo of that ankle? No, because my double chin, you have to stand up and you have to take <laughs> it from above. <laughs> you have to take it from above, okay? <laughs> now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that went better than every single one of our interactions at the O2 Academy. <laughs> <laughs> Great list. I love Ibibio Sound Machine. Yeah, I don't know that the people of Edinburgh will love that too. No. Well, obviously, you'll just be coasting off the three lions energy. We do three song sets at the battles, and the encouraged ratio is two for them, one for you. Uh, (laughs) Do you have any sense of what our theme will be? No, but I think, well, obviously, we won't know what the result of the football will be until 1pm on Sunday, but it'd be a shame if there wasn't room for something to do with that and if you want extended football content I can do the whole John Bards rap (laughs) and I will be doing it now you've got to hold it (laughs) (laughs) Alex you were narrowly beaten by Rajiv uh, is that what it was announced as a draw in the moment but has it been revised to uh, me losing (laughs) 
That's what I've heard. Um, I think the choices were equally popular, but Rajiv snuck it on account of dancing a bit more, which is which is. Uh, <laughs> we were rooted to the spot, and he was in his moment. And he played Kaiser Chiefs non-ironically, and it worked somehow. And you can't really fight that. It's a fantastic night out. Kimberly and Adam will support that, and it's much appreciated. Are you coming, Kimberly and Adam? Yeah. When did I meet you before as well? Did I threaten to stamp on one of your sets of balls? <gasps> of course, we were the other day. Fantastic. Oh, lovely. What a, what we fun. can't be sitting here at Geek Pigs Live <laughs> endorsing the trusty Hogs colouring book. There are two porcine podcasts out there, and the Hogs have been going longer, and we respect that, and we respect them. But you don't need to colour them in. <laughs> Sorry, Kimberly. Would you do a Geek Pigs colouring book? What have they been copying? We're going to have to bring this to an end, unfortunately, Kimberly. (laughs) (laughs) To think that I was briefly heartened by your presence in the front row. Has Um, Ivo Graham been going around holding people's tits and seeing how big they are? That's a reference to Helen Bauer. Helen Bauer is one of the co-hosts of Trusty Hogs and she's got this absolutely insane ability to just go up to anyone, hold their tits and know exactly what their bra size is. And Ivo's got that in his locker too. (laughs) (laughs) Should we end on asking Chloe a recommendation rather than that? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that would be nice, actually. I'll never get to enjoy life like Helen does. <laughs> I mean, your hand was in my pocket, but... <laughs> would you like to recommend any music to uh, audience tonight and indeed on the podcast? I'm really bad at recommending music, actually. My girlfriend's mate runs this festival in Ipswich called Brighton the Corners, and everything that I saw there was absolutely brilliant and there was a woman called Jessica Winters she was really great but I would recommend if you're like near Ipswich or if you can like commute to Ipswich it's a really great festival and I feel like those festivals in towns or cities that feel like there hasn't necessarily been loads before it feels quite special because everyone comes together and it's like sick we're actually doing something so I recommend Ipswich is alive (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Oh, no, now you say it that way. <laughs> Sounds like a terrible recommendation. No, I think Jessica Winters, if that is the name and it felt like 70% certainty, <laughs> is a lovely recommendation. <laughs> is anyone going to the Connect Festival in Edinburgh next weekend? Or indeed just outside? How exciting. Who are you going to see? Uh, I'm going to all three days. All three days. What an absolute treat. It's just a bit too tight for us. It would be another 7.45 cab. And obviously, if you could guarantee Steve and his mini cheddars, <laughs> I'd <that's, laughs> You enjoy the journey more than the destination. Well, listen, thank you very much for coming out to this. It's, um, oh, yes, please. <laughs> We'd like to thank Steve. We'd like to thank Michael. And obviously, First Aid Kit, the Pleasants for having us off the curve for putting this on. And our guest, Chloe Pe- Oh, have you got the ticket as well? Got the ticket, John. The ticket, well. a physical ticket. You're giving away a physical ticket. She's seen Bowie in Sunderland. Oh, no, sorry. No, sorry. Sorry, wrong. I mean, that's a lovely gift. What the fuck am I going to do with that, Ivo? <laughs> I don't call it. Memory box. Yeah, memory box it. And I feel churlish standing in the way of that now. 
<laughs> we have got a lovely record of our trip to first aid kit because we've recorded the podcast of it. We hope. Um, if not, <laughs> uh, it's just been a lovely chat in this room and getting to do it is such a treat. Uh, so we really appreciate people coming. Thank you so much, Chloe, for coming for a not insignificant time commitment from 7.30 to 12.30 to hanging out with us. I absolutely loved it. Thank you so much for having Huge me, Huge round of applause, please, for the most articulate hooligan in Edinburgh, Chloe Petz, everybody. Thank you so much for coming. Enjoy Connect Festival. Enjoy the rest of Edinburgh. And do buy the trusty hogs colouring in book if you possibly can. We've been Geek Peaks. Thank you so much for coming. Good night, everybody. That was Chloe Petz and us at the Edinburgh Fringe. On First Aid Kit. And uh, I think now that we are speaking to people who've listened to the episode, we can say that... It's one of those ones where first aid kit are great, but the combination of the music, it, you know, we've, we've, we've been to a lot of gigs in the last year and some of them have been five star without doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, first aid kit, some of our songs, some of the songs we were more familiar with than others, but there were lots of factors like the venue being a bit frustrating and what's both great and for first aid kit specific perspective, a bit unfortunate about it is... I'll remember it for it being the gig fix we did live at Edinburgh, the stress of it, but also the fact that we pulled it off uh, and very specifically the, the two rides to and from. The <laughs> uh, and great Michael. rides. We we're very lucky we're very lucky to have both um, an officially conjured taxi and a crowd-sourced Insta-taxi uh, in the shape of Michael yeah, Campbell Romance. I don't remember how much the, the crowd was even sourced. I, you know, to be saying an Insta story... It was like, just a random DM side being like... I've joined the dot. I think that was actually the vibe, wasn't it? It was like, I've joined the dots. dots. You probably would need a, joke a lift. Of like, you know, uh, gig pigs tonight at 11.20 brackets if we get back in time or something. But yeah, I mean, great stuff from Michael Pryor. A man of medicine, as I recall. We, Michael. Michael. We, we can't remember your job for certain. But I believe it was, medi- I believe it was uh, medical adjacent. Chloe Petz, absolutely phenomenal guest. Uh, and I really liked... All sorts of things that were referenced by Chloe there. Although, of course, the Lionesses did not win the World Cup. And no. A bit of dramatic irony there. But we must always travel and hope. Couldn't wait to see Chloe's uh, sort of Lioness triumphant DJ battle set. I suppose also worth saying that as we get to grips with live podcasting, uh, there are a couple of things like audience questions if we could have repeated them into the microphone. You've yes. heard them, but if you've been listening to this podcast on like even a vaguely rumbly train. Oh, I listened to this on the way. There were a couple of pretty spicy moments on the underground where I, anyway, I shouldn't say, but sorry if you're, you were in large background noise and missed a couple of questions. Yes, exactly. But, uh, but there we go. We are learning our craft and it was a great time and some great character assassinations from Chloe referring to me as finding panic in places where no one else finds it. <laughs> uh, despite the then semi-rescue of saying, but I land on my feet. Not always. That's something to think about. And then just a great range of stuff referenced by Chloe. Uh, G4, Il Divo, uh, Kasabian. Future Islands. Future Islands, who we'd love to see for this podcast. We would love to see. And maybe it will happen. Most Def. Most Def. Less strong recommendation, although, you know, still still uh, uh, an, an important figure. And for me, my favorite, Bibio Sound Machine, who I just think are absolutely phenomenal. And I'd like to put the song Protection from Evil on Extra swell. Beautiful. But can I do a different recommendation? Yes, I will quit you before you barrel full headed first into your recommendation. Yes. Um, just to clarify, 
Chloe's recommendation was Jessica uh, Winters, I think she said. I just double checked. It's Jessica Winter. Mm. I think it was a fun bit of play about um, about whether she had remembered the exact, and she had. But it's a it's a singular winter, not a plural winters. Oh, that's not um, too many moons. Uh, there's no need for that. There's no need for that. <laughs> um, very uh, very good uh, clarification by you. Thank you very but much. But it'll be on Actress Will, My, which you should check out. Which you should. It's eclectic. And I'll make it more eclectic <laughs> with a recommendation, which we don't need, because I've just done a, a BBO Sound Machine. But may I anyway? Yes. It slightly refers to something which you already liked and which you saw happen live. And it's a sort of, it's not really a, it's a comedian's football drop slash name drop. I've been enjoying the Beckham documentary. I thought my recommendation could be something to do with perhaps another Swedish artist, and goodness knows we enjoy some. And didn't we do a which Nordic country are these artists from quiz on a previous thing? Or was right. that one of our unbroadcast conversations? Hard to remember. Hard to remember. Um, but instead of that, um, I've just gone with uh, something in the third episode of the Beckham documentary. No real link other than what Chloe is um, uh, very into and very funny about, not particularly about football, but... Beckham goes to Real Madrid and there's a song played, which I asked uh, Daryl Gitson at Comedians Football. I sort of live shazammed it. As in, I, I said, Daniel, you played this once in your radio show. What's the song that goes, ba 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 And he said so quickly, Anna Meredith, well sung. And that, that, felt, that felt good. That put me in a good place for the football match, which I was then bad at. Quite impressive to know that we, we were very, I think, pleased with our Maisie Adam slash Murray Beverage episode. Yeah, that's, which, uh, that's an episode I really recommend. Beverage and Adam on the Arctic Monkeys. And the Shazamming and Shazamming, where um, obviously from my own infinite regret perspective, I was like, I wish I'd done that live. But um, the listeners doing it really quickly themselves is almost as good, I suppose. <laughs> um, uh, so, that's, so you're putting Anna Meredith. There's a YouTube comment that describes Nautilus by Anna, Anna Meredith as the sound of an anxiety attack. And it's used in the <laughs> Bo Burnham film Eighth Grade in a sort of incredibly anxious situation. So I don't really know how it fits with the very relaxing... Um, though it's your soundtrack for creating what is it uh, panic out of nothing what was it that Chloe exactly said yeah that's it that's, that's it there you yeah. go you got crisps in your boot ba 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 first aid kit soothing uh, uh, Anna Meredith wildly intensifying Alex um, I'm just going to use the jump off point Chloe's discussion of Lana Del Rey being mad mashed on a oh, load yeah. of drugs at last season um, and I'm just going to put on National Anthem by Lana Del Rey, which is my favourite Lana Del Rey song. I probably need to I probably need to listen to a bit more Lana Del Rey than I have for that to be a more meaningful statement. But I really like that song. I think it's like I've, I've been through phases where I've happily for three hours just put it on repeat because I just I just think it's a perfect oh. pop song. I love it so much. Well, um, people do talk about Lana Del Rey songs they love in such exalted terms than I would about the song The Greatest off Norman fucking Rockwell, which is my favourite. Um, but We uh, put that on Swill as well. No, I've chosen to put on a weirdly <laughs> stressful song that's not related to the episode at all. But, you know, they include it in the Beckham documentary, and I, and I fair, fair play. It's the second most surprisingly incongruous thing about the documentary after the fact that the interviewer is um, Thin-Necked Hugo from succession what yeah they have not seen it oh, yet yes, is that it's, true it's, yeah it's, it's very odd it's his voice which you probably wouldn't recognize unless you were very good at recognizing voices but then you also see him in shot a couple of times or just get told it by someone That's which funny. i was 
So that's a bit of fun. Um, we've basically really nailed our colours to the mast of just email us about your burps this week. Please email us about your bodily functions undermining your overall uh, hierarchical sense of self when you're saying something interesting. But if we're probably going to sort of throw in just, you know, more crass behaviour alongside crass behaviour of finding anything amusing or charming about wind... Um, uh, not to glorify it, but um, back to basics. What, when have when have other people been a nuisance at gigs, and when have maybe you been a nuisance at gigs? I think is is not bad off the back of first aid kit. First aid, any uh, unlikely lifts? Yes, of course. First to and from, got to, or from, to concerts. And from concerts. Um, Gig pigs podcast at gmail dot com. Oh, and a lovely. Um, I, uh, Chloe's story about uh, being devastated by G four dropping out of X Factor, and her mum being like. Uh, you should listen to Il Devo and I'll take you to see them live or I'll get your tickets to them live. Um, parental Silver Bullets. Best musical recommendation upgrade from parents. <laughs> you like this worthless thing. How about this marginally more worthful thing? <laughs> so we'd like all of that, but mainly we just like burps. Uh, and um, let's have a quick email. Alex, what's the link between First Aid Kit, this episode six, and our previous episode, the very enjoyable, if I may say, Episode 5, talking to Kieran Hodgson. About the Amatis Trio. Yes. This is hard. Um, war. Uh, no. What's, what, can we, can you, we get, can have, I have, you can have some fun. Specific. Yes, of course. Um, why, uh, why have you got wind? Why have I got wind? Yes. Because I've not eaten now. Yes. Uh, why Famine, wouldn't, why wouldn't Why wouldn't that have happened in the Kieran Hodgson episode? It wouldn't have happened because we had a lovely stop in the cafe beforehand. Uh, no, uh, the actual recording of the episode. Uh, there was an ice cream in the interval. No, the actual recording of um, the oh, episode. Oh, there was a Soderberg. Yes, which is the surname of the first aid kit sisters. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, Very good. Yes, we did. I don't think a relation we'd eaten from a Swedish bakery before the last episode. And now here we are listening to some Swedish music. What's up next week? What is up next week? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we, well, there's a, it's got to be national a, time there's, there's a suite of options oh yes actually we've yep yeah, sorry uh, it could be national time it could be it's coming it's it's coming but also we have had some also other fantastic gigs which happened before the national and there's, there's lots of good stuff we're coming. in this weird place where it's like the chronology is such as is everything late or is some stuff on time and some stuff really late amazing um, and it's hard to make those decisions and there are a lot of factors but we hope you're enjoying the podcast and someone who's written in very nicely about the Kieran episode is Joseph Robinson dear KG in the PW since you said at the start of the podcast with Kieran Hodgson that you're seeking the gig pigs equivalent for classical music I would like to offer the following titles orchestral kestrels <laughs> recital night owls oh that's lovely and we are recital night owls now but I think orchestral kestrels is orchestral kestrels has yeah, to be fantastic and uh, we'd like to recommend our uh, Patreon, um, where this week's extra episode is about uh, the film impromptu, uh, about Chopin. But yes, also- well, that is, that's that's about the Kieran episode, Chopin, which will should be up there by the time you hear it. Yes, sorry. And then that- this, this week's episode, relating to this uh, one, will be about the Paul Simon documentary, Under African Skies, about Graceland, the connection being... The first aid kit did a cover of Paul Simon, hey, which I think is fine. Yeah, it's all folk. Well, listen, you can, it's all folk. You can criticize, you can criticize the connections till you're blue in the face. But we fans of music are broadening our knowledge and understanding of music. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, the pivot <laughs> The aggressive pivot uh, Joseph Robinson continues Dryzomite I could not come up With any non-bird alternatives But I suppose the suggestions Will perch nicely On yes. the cultural consumer branch yes. Alongside the sculpture vulture Yes please I think we'd have to be Pretty deep into our Patreon Before we start doing Sculpture based figs um, Always important to crowbar In multiple topics Into Geek Pig's email So I also have a candidate For bad additions to good songs I've always despised the fact that Queen's Seven Seas of Rye ends with a few lines of I do like to be beside the seaside. Such a strange shift of tone. It brings down the whole song and doesn't help but reinforce Queen's minor reputation as being a bit gimmicky. Ivo, next time you're subbing for Ellis James on his Five Live podcast, please bring this up with John because I'd be interested in his <laughs> impassioned defense of this musical disaster class. Do you feel confident in that situation to go, I'm subbing in? John, uh, oh, I'm going yeah, to take, take down... Uh, an, I think I'd cannon. probably, just to do John's it more cannon. swiftly and to allow him to uh, reply at his leisure, I might... I mean, obviously, it'd be fun if it was on the pod, which presumably Joe listens to, not that we're here to promote other pods, but I might get it done more quickly with just texting Mr. John. <laughs> um, Joe very kindly says, thank you for reigniting my passion for live music. Uh, on the downside, since my last gig-picking days, I've moved from the UK to the USA, and live music is shockingly even more expensive on this side of the Atlantic, mm. even accounting for inflation and exchange rates. Best Joe Robinson, Minnesota. Is there a ceiling where we'd be like, yes, this podcast is too expensive because we do it in America? Or would we take the same gung-ho approach that we have already? <laughs> I think it would be harder, and it's harder to... We'd be so constrained by the whichever market we were based in, is whichever parallel, bizarro American pigs we are. Um, yes. So thank goodness we are the... Uh, we, we're Brit pigs. Brit pigs. And very much Blighty this week, boys. Uh, in England and Scotland, but mostly Hammersmith. <laughs> um, Alex, it's a pleasure... You can go to bed now and burp the night away. I will burp my little little head to sleep now. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye.